for, bowed a teetotaler friend, the friend exclaimed mournfully, Oh, John, I am so sorry to see you come out of such a place as that, the babyless one wept sympathetically, then, he declared hastily, I'll go right back, and he did, when the Kentucky colonel was in the north, someone asked him if the Kentuckians were in fact very babyless, Mumbersha, the colonel declared, I don't reckon there more than a dozen Bibles in the whole state. The Irish gentleman encountered the lady who had been ill, and made gallant inquiries. I almost died, she explained. I had tomain poisoning, and is it so? The Irishman gushed, and he added in a burst of confidence, What with that, man, and delirium tremens, a body these days don't know what he dare eat or drink. Drug the police physician was called to examine an unconscious prisoner who had been arrested and brought to the station house for drunkenness. After a short examination, the physician addressed the policeman who had made the arrest. This fellow is not suffering from the effects of alcohol. He has been drugged. The policeman was greatly disturbed, and spoke falteringly, I'm thinking, yeah you're right, sir. I drugged him all the way to the station. Duty the traveler was indignant at the slow speed of the train. He appealed to the conductor, can't you go any faster than this? Yes was the serene reply, but I have to stay aboard, easy living the southerner in the north, while somewhat mellow, discoursed eloquently of conditions in his home state, he concluded in a burst of feeling, in that smiling land, Sha! no gentleman is compelled to soil his hands with vulgar work, the preparing of the soil for the crops is done by our niggers, Sha! and the sowing of the crops, and the reaping of the crops all done by the niggers, and the selling is done by the sheriff, economy one Japanese bragged to another that he made a fan last 20 years by opening only a fourth section, and using this for five years, then the next section, and so on, the other Japanese registered scorn, wasteful, he ejaculated, I was better taught, I make a fan last a lifetime, I open it wide, and hold it under my nose quite motionless, then I wave my head, wife, women are not extravagant, a woman can dress smartly on a sum that would keep a man looking shabby. Husband, that's right. What you dress on keeps me looking shabby. Efficiency in these days of difficulty in securing domestic servants. Mistresses will accept almost any sort of help. But there are limits. A woman interrogated a husky girl in an employment office, who was a recent importation from Lapland. The dialogue was as follows. Can you do fancy cooking? No. Can you do plain cooking? No. Can you sew? No. Can you do general housework? No. Make the beds. Wash the dishes. No. Well, cried the woman in puzzled exasperation. What can you do? I milk reindeer. The undertaker regarded the deceased in the coffin with severe disapproval. For the wig persisted in slipping back and revealing a perfectly bald pate. He addressed the widow in that cheerfully melancholy tone which is characteristic of undertakers during their professional public performance. Have you any glue? The widow wiped her eyes perfunctorily, and said that she had. Shall I heat it? She asked. The undertaker nodded gloomily, and the relic departed on her errand. Presently, she returned with the glue pot, but the undertaker shook his head, and regarded her with the gently sad smile to which undertakers are addicted. As he whispered solemnly, I found a tack. An engineer, who was engaged on railroad construction in Central America, Explained to one of the natives living alongside the right of way the advantages that would come from realization of the projected line. To illustrate his point, he put the question, How long does it take you to carry your produce to market by muleback? Three days, senor, was the answer. Then, 
said the engineer. You can understand the benefit the road will be to you. You will be able to take your produce to market, and to return home on the same day. Very good, senor, the native agreed courteously. But, senor, what shall we do with the other two days? Eggs the farmer decided to give special attention to the development of his poultry yard, and he undertook the work carefully and systematically. His hired man, who had been with him for a number of years, was instructed, among other things, to write on each egg the date laid and the breed of the hen. After a month, the hired man resigned. I can't understand, the farmer declared, surprised and pained, why you should want to leave. I'm through, the hired man asserted. I've done the nastiest jobs, and never kicked, but I draw the line on being secretary to a bunch of hens. Egotism the pessimist spoke mournfully to his friend, it is only to me that such misfortunes happen. What's the matter now? The pessimist answered dolefully, don't you see that it is raining? Elephant a circus man was scouring the countryside in search of an elephant that had escaped from the menagerie and wandered off. He inquired of an Irishman working in a field to learn if the fellow had seen any strange animal thereabouts. Begora, oi have that, was the vigorous answer. There was an injua rubber bull around here, pulling carrots with its tail. Elopement some months after the elopement, an old friend met the bridegroom, and asked eagerly for details. What about her father? Did he catch you? Just that, quoth the bridegroom grimly. Incidentally, I may add that the old boy is living with us still. Enough the darkies' clothes were in the last stages of dilapidation, and he wore open-work shoes, but his face was radiant, and he whistled merrily as he slouched along the street. A householder called from his porch, Sam, I have a job for you, if you want to earn a quarter. The tattered-colored man grinned happily as he shook his head. Mumbersha, thank you all the same. Boss I done got a quarter. Epitaph in an Irish cemetery stands a handsome monument with an inscription which runs thus. This monument is erected to the memory of James O'Flynn, who was accidentally shot by his brother as a mark of affection. Evidence the prisoner, a darkie, explained how it came about that he had been arrested for chicken stealing. I didn't have no trouble with the constable nor nobody. It would have been all right if it hadn't been for the women's love o' dress. My women folks, they wasn't satisfied jays to eat mo's all o' them chickens. They had to put the feathers in deer hats, and parade em as circumstantial evidence. The smug satisfaction of the rustic in his clear perception and shrewd reasoning is illustrated by the dialogue between two farmers meeting on the road. Did you hear that old man Jones's house burned down last night? I ain't a mite surprised. I was going past there in the evening, and when I saw the smoke a-coming out all round under the eaves, I says to myself, says I where there's smoke there must be fire, and so it was. Shall I leave the hall light burning, ma'am? The servant asked. Mumber, her mistress replied. I think my husband won't get home until daylight. He kissed me goodbye before he went, and gave me twenty dollars for a new hat. Exclusiveness One of the New York churches is notorious for its exclusiveness. A colored man took a fancy to the church, and promptly told the minister that he wished to join. The clergyman sought to evade the issue by suggesting to the man that he reflect more carefully on the matter, and make it the subject of prayers for guidance. The following day, the darky encountered the minister. God done prayed, saw, he declared, beaming, and the lot he done sent me on answer last night. And what was it? queried the clergyman, somewhat at a loss. What did the Lord say? Well, saw, he done asked me what Chucha wanted to gin, and I told him it was yearn, and he says, Oh, oh, 
Dad Chooch, says he, you can't get in dear. Oh no you can't cause I've been trying to get in Dad Chooch for ten years myself and I couldn't. Expectancy on Irishman on a scaffolding for stories I heard the noon whistle. But when he would have descended, he found that the ladder had been removed. One of his fellow workmen on the pavement below, to whom he called, explained that the foreman had carried off the ladder for another job. But how I get down? Pat demanded. Mike, on the pavement, suggested jumping as the only means. Pat's lunch was below. He was hungry, and he accepted the suggestion seriously. Will you catch me? He demanded. Sure, and I'll do that. Mike agreed. Pat clapped his arms in imitation of a rooster, and crowed, to bolster up his courage, and leaped. He regained consciousness after a short interval, and feebly sat up on the pavement. He regarded Mike reproachfully. For why did yous not catch me? He asked, and the pain in bones sounded in his voice. Bigory, Mike replied sympathetically. I was waiting for yous to bounce. Expense account the woman wrote a reference for her discharged cook as follows. Maggie Flynn has been employed by me for a month. She is an excellent cook, but I could not afford to make use of her services longer. The husband, who was present, afterward expressed his surprise at the final clause. But it's true. The wife answered. The dishes she smashed cost double her wages. Experience the baby pulled brother's hair until he yelled from the pain of it. The mother soothed the weeping boy, of course. She doesn't know how badly it hurts. Then she left the room. She hurried back presently on hearing frantic squalling from baby. What in the world is the matter with her? She questioned anxiously. Nothing tall. Brother replied contentedly. Only now she knows. The expiarties there was a chicken stealing case before the court. The colored culprit pleaded guilty and was duly sentenced. But the circumstances of the case had provoked the curiosity of the judge. So that he questioned the darky as to how he had managed to take those chickens and carry them off from right under the window of the owner's house. And that with a savage dog loose in the yard. But the thief was not minded to explain. He said, it wouldn't be of no use. Judge, to try to explain these dings you all. If you was to try it you more in like as not would get your hide full o' shot and get no chickens. Newfer, if you want to engage in any rascality. Judge, you better stick to the bench. Or you and familiar. Explicitness on her return home after an absence of a few hours. The mother was displeased to find that little Emma, who was ailing, had not taken her pill at the appointed time. Although she had been carefully directed to do so. You were very naughty. Emma, the mother chided. I told you to be sure and take that pill. But, Mama, the child pleaded in extenuation. You didn't tell me where to take it to. Extravagance a rich and listless lady patron examined the handbags in a leading jeweler's shop in New York City. The clerk exhibited one bag five inches square, made of platinum and with one side almost covered with a setting of diamonds. This was offered at a price of 9.000, but the lady surveyed the expensive bauble without enthusiasm. She turned it from side to side and over and over, regarding it with a critical eye and frowning disapprovingly. At last she voiced her comment, rather pretty. But I don't like this side without diamonds. Honestly, the thing looks skimpy decidedly skimpy. For 7.000 additional, the objectional skimpiness was corrected. Facts the burly man spoke lucidly to his gangling adversary. You're an incompoop, a liar and hoss thief. The other man protested, with a whine in his voice. Such talk ain't nice and, anyhow, taint fair twitting on facts. Fashion after years of endeavor in poverty. The inventor made a success, 
and came running home with pockets bulging real money. He joyously strewed thousand-dollar bills in his wife's lap, crying, Now, at last, my dear, you will be able to buy you some decent clothes. I'll do nothing of the kind, was the sharp retort. I'll get the same kind the other women are wearing. The naked hills lie wanton to the breeze. The fields are nude, the groves unfrocked. There are the shivering limbs of shameless trees. What wonder is it that the corn is shocked? But not the modern woman. Favors at the village store. The young farmer complained bitterly. Old Cedarfee wants me to be one of the pallbearers once more at his wife's funeral. And it's like this. See had me for pallbearer when his first wife was buried. And then again for his second. And when Eliza died. She as was his third. He up and axed me again. And now. I snum. It's the fourth time. And ye know. A feller can't be the hell time a-talking favors. And not payin' em back. Fighting the boy hurried home to his father with an announcement. Me and Joe Peck had a fight today. The father nodded gravely. Mr. Peck has already called to see me about it. The little boy's face brightened. Gee. Pop. I hope you made out as well as I did. Finance a very black little girl made her way into the presence of the lady of the house. And with much embarrassment. But very clearly. Explained who she was. And what her mission. Please. Mom. I see Ophelia. I see the washerwoman's little girl. And Mama. She sent me to say, would you please to lend her a dime? She got to pay some bills. The successful financier snorted contemptuously. Money. Pooh. There are a million ways of making money, but only one honest way. A listener declared. What way is that? The financier demanded. Naturally. You wouldn't know. Was the answer. The eminent financier was discoursing. The true secret of success, he said, is to find out what the people want. And the next thing. Someone suggested, is to give it to them. The financier shook his head contemptuously. No to corner it. The eminent banker explained just how he started in business. I had nothing to do. And I rented an empty store. And put up a sign. Bank. As soon as I opened for business. A man dropped in and made a deposit of $200. The next day another man dropped in and deposited $300. And so, sir, the third day. My confidence in the enterprise reached such a point that I put in $50 of my own money. Financiers, my pawn. He's a financier. Boasted one small boy to another. Tain't much to brag of. The other sneered. My pawn and Uncle Jack are in jail. Two. Fishing the congressman from California was telling at dinner in the hotel of tuna fishing. Just run out in a small motorboat. He explained. And anything less than a hundred pounds is poor sport. The colored waiter was so excited that he interrupted, You say you go after hundred-pound fish in a little motorboat. Shh. The congressman nodded. But, the darky protested, Ain't you scared for fear you'll catch one? Flattery on eminent statesman was being driven rapidly by his chauffeur. When the car struck and killed a dog that leaked in front of it, at the statesman's order, the chauffeur stopped the car, and the great man got out and hurried back to where a woman was standing by the remains. The dead dog's mistress was deeply grieved, and more deeply angered, as the statesman attempted to address her placatingly. She turned on him wrathfully, and told him just what she thought, which was considerable and by no means agreeable. When, at last, she paused for breath, the culprit tried again to soothe her, saying, Madam, I shall be glad to replace your dog. The woman drew herself up haughtily, surveyed the statesman with supreme scorn, and hissed, Sir. You flatter yourself. Fleas the debutante was alarmed over the prospect of being taken into dinner by the distinguished statesman. 
whatever can we talk about? She demanded anxiously of her mother. Afterward, in the drawing room, she came to her mother with a radiant smile. He's fine, she exclaimed. We weren't halfway through the soup before we were chatting cozily about the fleas in Italian hotels. Flirtation the gentleman at the party, who was old enough to know better, turned to another guest, who had just paused beside him. Women are fickle. See that pretty woman by the window? She was smiling at me flirtatiously a few minutes ago and now she looks cold as an iceberg. I have only just arrived. The other man said, she is my wife. Flood the breakfaster in the cheap restaurant tried to make conversation with the man beside him at the counter. Awful rainy spell like the flood. The flood. The tone was polite, but inquiring. The flood Noah. The ark. Mount Arart. The other bit off half a slice of bread. Shook his head. And mumbled thickly, ain't read two days paper yet. Flowers Gilbert wrote a couplet concerning an attachment to Lo Plato for a bashful young potato. Such suggestion is all very well in a humorous ballad, but we do not look for anything of the sort in a serious romance of real life. Nevertheless, a Welsh newspaper of recent date carried the following paragraph, at church, on Monday last. A very interesting wedding was solemnized, the contracting parties being Mr. Richard, eldest son of Mr. and Mrs. and a bouquet of pink carnations. Fog the old gentleman was lost in a London fog, so thick that he could hardly see his hand before his face. He became seriously alarmed when he found himself in a slimy alley. Then he heard footsteps approaching through the obscurity, and sighed with relief. Where am I going to? He cried anxiously. A voice replied weirdly from the darkness beyond, into the river I've just come out. Follies a wise old Quaker woman once said that men were guilty of three most astonishing follies. The first was the climbing of trees to shake down the fruit, when if they would but wait, the fruit would fall of itself. The second was the going to a war to kill one another, when if they would only wait, they must surely die naturally. The third was that they should run after women, when, if they did not do so, the women would surely run after them. Food the Arctic explorer at a reception on his return gave an informal talk concerning his experiences. He explained that a point further north would have been reached. If the dogs had not given out at a critical time, a lady, who had followed the explorer's remarks carefully, ventured a comment as the speaker paused, but I thought those Esquimo dogs were actually tireless. The explorer hesitated, and cleared his throat before answering. I spoke. He elucidated, in a ER culinary sense. The young mother asked the man who supplied her with milk if he kept any calves, and smiled pleasedly when he said that he did. Then, she continued brightly bring me a pint of calf's milk every day. I think cow's milk is too strong for baby. For him, Miss the highly efficient housewife bragged that she always rose early, and had every bed in the house made before anybody else in the house was up. Foresight the master directed that the picture should be hung on the east wall, the mistress preferred the west wall. The servant drove the nail where his master directed, but when he was left alone in the room he drove a nail in the other wall. That, he said to himself, will save my lugging the steps up here again tomorrow, when he has come around to agreeing with her. Forgetfulness the foreman of a southern mill, who was much troubled by the shiftlessness of his colored workers, called sharply to two of the men slouching past him. Hi, you, where are you going? Well, sh, boss, one of them answered, we is going to the mill with these he plank. Plank? What plank? Where's the plank? The foreman demanded. The colored spokesman looked inquiringly and somewhat surprisedly at his own empty hands and those of his companion, whom he addressed good-naturedly, now, 
If Dad don't be Paul, George, if we ain't gone and clean forgetted Dad Plank, two men met on the city street in the evening, and had a number of drinks together, the one who lived in the suburbs became confidential, and exhibited a string tied around a finger, I don't dare to go home, he explained, there's something my wife told me to do, without fail, and to make sure I wouldn't forget, she tied that string around my finger, but for the life of me I can't remember what the thing was I am to do, and I don't dare to go home, a few days later the two men met again, this time in the afternoon, well, the one asked, did you finally remember what that string was to remind you of, the other showed great gloom in his expression, as he replied, I didn't go home until the next night, just because I was scared, and then my wife told me what the string was for all right she certainly did, there was a note of pain in his voice, the string was to remind me to be sure to come home early, the clergyman drew near to the baptismal font, and directed that the candidates for baptism should now be presented, a woman in the congregation gave a gasp of dismay and turned to her husband, whom she addressed in a strenuous whisper, there, I just knew we'd forget something, John, you run right home as fast as you can, and fetch the baby, form the traveler wrote an indignant letter to the officials of the railroad company, giving full details as to why he had sat up in the smoking room all night, instead of sleeping in his berth, he received in reply a letter from the company, which was so courteous and logical that he was greatly soothed, his mood changed for the worse, however, when he happened to glance at his own letter, which had been enclosed through error, on the margin was jotted in pencil, send the sky the bed bug letter, a worker in the steel mills applied direct to Mr. Carnegie for a holiday in which to get married, the magnate inquired interestedly concerning the bride, is she tall or short, slender or plump, the prospective bridegroom answered seriously, well, sir, I'm free to say, that if I'd had the rollin' of her, I sure would have given her three or four more passes. Frog the hired man on a New England farm went on his first trip to the city. He returned wearing a scarf pin set with at least four carats bulk of radiance. The jewelry dazzled the rural bells, and excited the envy of the other young men. His employer blindly asked if it was a real diamond. If it ain't, was the answer. I was spun out oh half a dollar. Friendship the kindly lady accosted the little boy on the beach, who stood with downcast head, and grinding his toes into the sand and looking very miserable and lonely indeed. Haven't you anybody to play with? She inquired sympathetically. The boy shook his head forlornly. As he explained, I have one friend but I hate him. The clergyman on his vacation wrote a long letter concerning his traveling experiences to be circulated among the members of the congregation. The letter opened in this form, Dear friends, I will not address you as ladies and gentlemen, because I know you so well. French and American tourist in France found that he had a two-hours wait for his train at a junction, and set out to explore the neighborhood. He discovered at last that he was lost, and could not find his way back to the station. He therefore addressed a passerby in the best French he could recollect from his college days, mispronouncing it with great emphasis. He voiced his request for information as follows, Pardon as moi. Giaquit ma train et maintenant j'ai northeast size pas ultra encore. Established scuvus boom as me Montreal route a train. Let's look for it together, said the stranger genially. I don't speak French, either. If USS Inus the traveler in the Blue Ridge Mountains made his toilet as best he could with the aid of the hand basin on its bench by the cabin door and the roller towel, he made use of his own comb and brush, toothbrush, nail file and whisk broom. The small son of the cabin regarded his operations with rounded eyes, 
and at last broke forth, by Cricky, Mr. I want to know, B.E.L. is that much trouble to yourself, gender it is quite possible to trap clergymen, as well as laymen, with the following question, because they are not always learned in the Old Testament, if David was the father of Solomon, and Job was the son of Zeruiah, what relation was Zeruiah to Job? Most persons give the answer that Zeruiah was the father of Job, necessarily, that is not the correct answer, the trouble is that Zeruiah was a woman, and, of course, David and Solomon having nothing whatever to do with the case, gentlemen there has been much controversy for years as to the proper definition of the much abused word, gentlemen, finally, by a printer's error in prefixing you into an adverb, an old and rather mushy description of a gentleman has been given a novel twist and a pithy point. A contributor's letter to a metropolitan daily appeared as follows, Sir I can recall no better description of a gentleman than this, a gentleman is one who never gives offense unintentionally. Geography the airman, after many hours of thick weather, had lost his bearings completely, then it cleared and he was able to make a landing, naturally, he was anxious to know in what part of the world he had arrived, he put the question to the group of rustics that had promptly assembled, the answer was explicit, You've come down in Deacon Peck's North Matter lot. Ghosts there was a haunted house down south which was carefully avoided by all the superstitious Negroes. But a new arrival in the community, named Sam, bragged of his bravery as too superior to be shaken by any ghosts, and declared that, for the small sum of two dollars cash in hand paid, he would pass the night alone in the haunted house. A score of other darkies contributed, and the required amount was raised. It was not, however, to be delivered to the courageous Sam until his reappearance after the vigil. With this understanding the boaster betook himself to the haunted house for the night. When a select committee sought for Sam next morning, no trace of him was found. Careful search for three days failed to discover the missing Negro. But on the fourth day Sam entered the village street, covered with mud and evidently worn with fatigue. Hi, dar, nigger, one of the bystanders shouted, War you all been de laws for days? And Sam answered simply, us been common back. God the little boy was found by his mother with pencil and paper, making a sketch. When asked what he was doing, he answered promptly, and with considerable pride, I'm drawing a picture of God. But, gasped the shocked mother, you cannot do that. No one has seen God. No one knows how God looks. Well, the little boy replied, complacently, when I get through they will. God's will the clergyman was calling. When the youthful son and heir approached his mother proudly, and exhibited a dead rat, as she shrank in repugnance, he attempted to reassure her, Oh, it's dead all right, Mama, we beat it and beat it and beat it, and it's deader and dead. His eyes fell on the clergyman, and he felt that something more was due to that reverend presence, so he continued in a tone of solemnity, Yes, we beat it and beat it until until God called it home. Golf the eminent English statesman Arbuthnot Joyce plays golf so badly that he prefers a solitary round with only the caddy present. He had a new boy one day recently, and played as wretchedly as usual. I fancy I play the worst game in the world, he confessed to the caddy. Oh, I wouldn't say that, sir, was the consoling response. From what the boys were saying about another gentleman who plays here, he must be worse even than you are. What's his name? Asked the statesman hopefully. And the caddy replied, Arbuff not Joyce. Grace the son and heir had just been confirmed, at the dinner table, following the church service. The father called on his son to say grace. The boy was greatly embarrassed by the demand. Moreover, he was tired, 
not only from the excitement of the special service through which he had passed, but also from walking to and from the church, four miles away, and, too, he was very hungry indeed and impatient to begin the meal, despite his protest, however, the father insisted, so, at last, the little man folded his hands with a pious air, closed his eyes tight, bent his head reverently, and spoke his prayer, O Lord, have mercy on these bandals, Amen. The new clergyman in the country parish, during his visit to an old lady of his flock, inquired if she accepted the doctrine of falling from grace. The good woman nodded vigorously. Yes, sir, she declared with pious zeal. I believe in it, and, praise the Lord, I practice it. Grammar the passing lady mistakenly supposed that the woman shouting from a window down the street was calling to the little girl minding baby brother close by on the curb. Your mother is calling you, she said kindly. The little girl corrected the lady, her aim to call in we, us don't belong to she. The teacher asked the little girl if she was going to the maypole dance. No, I ain't going, was the reply. The teacher corrected the child, you must not say, I ain't going, you must say, I am not going. And she added to impress the point, I am not going, he is not going, we are not going, you are not going, they are not going. Now, dear, can you say all that? The little girl nodded and smiled brightly. Sure, she replied, they ain't nobody going.